Hebrews chapter number 10. Um, one of the greatest things uh, a pastor or a minister can do for you is help you learn to go to God for yourself. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. We thank God for others in the body of Christ that know how to go to God, know how to get in his presence, know how to get answers, and they help us, don't they? But, um, boy, there's just, I don't know, I, I grew up third son, fourth, fifth child, no, excuse me, a fourth child, two, son, two brothers ahead of me, and I got their hand-me-down jeans <laughs> with patches on the knees. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I, I just wanted my own. I didn't want theirs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just, just the way I grew up. So, and that's the way I am with spiritual things. I am so blessed for men and women of God who know God and can, can get answers from Him and, and, and walk with Him and practice His Word and see the results. That blesses me. But I want that for myself, you know. <laughs> I, I, God's no respecter of persons. If somebody else found that in God, I want to find that in God. <laughs> And so, you know, I just don't want to live on hand-me-down prayers from somebody else. I appreciate other people's prayers, but I don't want to, what I'm saying is I don't want to live on it or depend on it because I don't know how to do it myself. I want to learn myself. So um, I want to share that with you this morning a little bit. I, I, one of, I started to say one of the best things a minister can do or a pastor can do is teach you to go to the secret place and teach you to fellowship with God and get answers for yourself. Hallelujah. I mean, there's nothing like getting an answer for yourself. Nobody but you, the carpet, and Jesus knew you asked. You know what I'm talking about? And the poodle that ran in, that's the only people that know, that know that you ask, and God moves and gets you what you ask for, and nobody in the world knew it, and you go, oh, yeah. He hears me, he hears me, he hears me. So, but, um, you know, there's so many things, you know, basically, you just have to come to the place in life to where you believe everything I need is in the presence of God. God has everything I need. If I need answers, if I need encouragement, if I need direction, if I need wisdom, if I need strength, if I need to get over something, if I need to get into something, if I need, to, I need healing, I need, uh, you, know, you know, wisdom, how to deal with that cranky boss. Don't you daycare people say a thing. <laughs> no, I'm not cranky. But... Um, I mean, if you, if just, it, it, God, God's got answers. He's got everything you need. When you come to God, you come to him, you come to him, but you come to everything he is. You come to everything he has. It's right there. When you come to him, I mean, don't go after the thing you need, go to him. In other words, don't go after healing, go to the healer. And the healer has healing. And if you know how to go to him, you know how to go to healing. <laughs> you just know how to get, the, get things from God. So, um, so I just want to kind of build your faith to, to uh, learn to use your faith to go to him. Um, or as Paul said here in Hebrews, let's, let's look how Paul said it in Hebrews chapter number 10. I believe God used Paul. 
he, God, the scriptures are inspired by the Holy Ghost, but he used men, right? Um, so I believe God used Paul to write the book of Hebrews. It's, there's no evidence in the book that it's actually Paul, but I mean, there's, there's wasn't many men back there that lived that had this kind of revelation on the planet. But Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number, let's just start in verse number 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them in their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Somebody underline no more. No more. I will remember no more. He chooses to forget. Remember the Old Testament says uh, that, <clears throat> that uh, I will not remember thy sins. It's a, it's a choice. I will not is a choice. He, he chose not to remember. And so because of the blood of Jesus is what he's talking about. Thy sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Verse 18. Now where remission of these is, these sins. Remission. Notice not just forgiveness. Remission. Where remission of sin is. Remission means it's blotted out as if it never existed. Not just forgiveness, but it's totally gone. In other words, it's suspunged from the record. The court doesn't even know you did it. Amen. Where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin, including doing without. Amen. Offering for sin means some sort of payment or penalty that I've got to pay for past sins that are under the blood. So there's no more penalty, no more payment. <clears throat> for me to try to make payment for, it, for something is to say that the blood was not enough. <clears throat> the Bible is not a, the blood plus by, book. Amen. The blood was enough. And so he said, no more, where, where remission of these, there's no more offering for sin or, or payment of some kind. That includes, listen to me, that includes doing without for a period of time to show God you're really sorry. That's a penalty or that's a payment people try to make because of sin consciousness. Come on, somebody. He's, tell your neighbor, he's already gone ahead and started preaching. But, but you're restored. Remember 1 John 1, 9, you confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Give us. I, I'll put myself in here. Not just you, me. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that includes what you just did 10 minutes ago. Now, I'm not saying this so that we could be flippant towards sin. I'm saying we need to put some faith in that blood. So that's a whole nother subject. But he said, no more offering for sin. So let's not grovel. You know what grovel means? Or, you know, uh, wallow in self-pity for a period of time to show God we're really sorry. Now, we need to be humble and repentant to show him that we mean it. We're not just playing games. But yet we don't have to do without as an offering to pay for what we did. No more offering. No more. No more. Say no more. No more, no more offering for sin. No <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Amen. And so, and then he says this in verse number 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness. Context is no more, you know, offering because sin has been remitted and uh, <clears throat> he doesn't remember them anymore. <clears throat> having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest 
That's the very, if you, the, the typology there is the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament. I mean, we're not going into that Holy of Holies, but we're going into the presence of God at the throne of grace. But he's, he's likening the presence of God in the Holy of Holies to the very place of fellowship that we can go to. Um, which, by the way, in the Old Testament wasn't open to everybody. The high priest went in once a year. Not, the Bible says not without blood. So he went in there with the blood of an animal once a year. Nobody else could go in there. You go in there another time. You go in there without blood. Or a man that wasn't the high priest went in there. He'd go in there and they'd have to drag him out with a rope around his ankle because the presence of God is holy and man is sinful without the blood. So, so they uh, didn't go in there. And, and so really the he- book of Hebrews, if you read the 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, you ought to just meditate on 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th chapter of Hebrews. It'll bless you. But, but basically the, uh, the way into the presence of God was not open in the Old Testament. That was signified by the fact nobody could go in there except the high priest once a year. So it wasn't, the presence of God was not accessible. You couldn't go into the presence of God. In the Old Testament, they stood outside looking forward to the day when the blood of Jesus would be shed. That's what those, the blood of animals was all about. Uh, just going through a little theology here. Is that all right? That blood that was shed by the animals was a type of the blood of Jesus that was going to be shed. But, that, but his sacrifice was a much better sacrifice, was an eternal sacrifice, and it was done once and for all, not every year, because it finished the work. It completed what the blood of animals could not do. Praise God. And it made the way, it opened the, the way to God. It gave us access to the presence of God. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in into the holiest, the very presence of God. Now, here it is. By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, underlying way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. That's a guilty conscience. Uh, He's basically saying the blood cleansed our conscience. If you read the whole book of Hebrews, the blood of animals sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. But the blood of Jesus went all the way down into our conscience and took sin consciousness out of our spirits. And we can come before God without any sense of guilt and shame, uh, condemnation, or uh, past failures, and come into his presence boldly without, with, without any uh, hesitation or fear of God. Because we have now access to God. So that's what he's talking about by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is said, his flesh having a high priest over the house of God. That's Jesus. Uh, Jesus is our high priest. Let us draw near uh, with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil or guilty conscience. You should have no sense of guilt on the inside of you. The devil tries to bring it on the outside, make you take thoughts of guilt, but that's that's the devil. I'm talking about your conscience. You can answer the thoughts of the enemy with his guilt from the outside with the word of God. Now we're getting to something. Tell your neighbor we're getting to something. And our bodies washed with pure water. That's our feelings. I believe that's what he's talking about, our feelings. Your feelings can deceive you and tell you you're guilty when you're not. Amen. Put some faith in that blood and say, I am not guilty no matter how I feel. I have confessed that to the Lord. He has been faithful and just to cleanse me. 
And we got to put some faith in that blood because the devil will lie to us. And that's what he's talking about in Hebrews when, I mean, excuse me, in the book of Revelation, whenever he said the accuser of the brethren, when we go to God, uh, accuses us before our God. Notice when we go to God, he's there to accuse us. He's trying to rob us of going to God and obtaining and receiving and fellowshipping with him, getting our answers and so forth and so on. Amen. So that's, uh, there's more there, you know, let us, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith, or we'd say the confession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. So really, if you study the context of that verse, he's talking about making a confession in the presence of God. Some people make their confession in order to uh, impress somebody else, impress another person. Your confession is really the person, the main person that needs to hear what you're saying. The devil needs to hear it. Don't misunderstand me. And you need to hear it. But the main person that needs to hear it is God. You're making, you're standing before him saying you're faithful. I know you're faithful. I know your word. Your word is true. I'm standing on your word. You cannot fail. You cannot lie. Hallelujah. What you said will come to pass. We just sang it. You said it. I believe it. It is done. (laughs) And that's what he's talking about. You're in his presence, worshiping him and thanking him for what he said. Anyway, that was all free. That was just a little bit of synopsis there. I want to go back to verse number 19. In the context of verse 17 and 18, having therefore brethren. There's some things we have because of the blood. You need to know what you have because of the blood. Amen. Let's look very carefully. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. Let's put it into this category. Confidence, boldness, and faith. Amen. This is what one of the things you have. We're going to go through a few things you have because of the blood. This is what you have. You have confidence, boldness, and faith. Hallelujah. Go to the book of, just hold your finger here. We're going to look at a few scriptures before we just really dive in this morning. Go to the book of Ephesians, chapter number three, and uh, let's look at verse number. If, you, uh, if you've ever read all the in Christ truths and, and have made them a part of your confession and so forth, you've come across this verse, Ephesians chapter three, verse 12, in whom, so we're looking at in Christ, in whom verses, if we're, if we're going through the in Christ truths of the New Testament, we're looking for in Christ, in whom, in him, uh, in Christ, in, in, uh, in, there's many ways it's said in the New Testament. This is one of those in whom, in Christ, in other words, we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. There's all three of those words, bold and confident access through faith. Bold, bold, confident faith. Bold and confident faith. To do what? To come. To come. To come. Come to God. I said to you, uh, having therefore, brother, boldness back there in Hebrews, boldness to enter into the holiest by a new and living way. Go back to the, uh, that's in the 10th chapter. Go back to the fourth chapter of Hebrews. I know we're going to look at a lot of scriptures here, but I just want you to get, get this in your thinking before we launch into what we're going to say. Look at verse 14 of the fourth chapter of Hebrews. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, this is Jesus, that is passed into the heavens. Everybody say he passed into the heavens. Now that gets by a lot of people. You remember when Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says that uh, he appeared. Well, uh, Jesus was uh, coming out of the grave and he came to, uh, he came, he met Mary. 
And she thought he was the gardener. You remember that? And the Bible says that uh, she was crying and he said, what are you, why are you weeping? And she said, well, they've taken away the body of my Lord and I don't know where they've laid him. And she thought he was the gardener. She's talking to Jesus. And she, he, she said, she, he said to her, Mary. And her eyes were open. She realized it was him. Well, she went in to, you know, embrace him. And Jesus said, touch me not. You remember that? John chapter number, uh, I'd have to look it up. I got it in my notes somewhere. Thought I had it written down here. But it's the end of the, I'll, I'll just find it real quickly. So he said, touch me not. And then he said, why? He said, I've not yet ascended. Look at this. This is in John chapter number 20, verse number uh, 17. Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend to my father and your father, to my God and your God. So he said, don't touch me because I've not yet ascended to the Father. Now look back here in verse number 14 of Hebrews 4. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Whenever he rose from the dead, he was on earth looking, talking to some people for a while. But then he ascended to the Father. But he didn't just go up there. Actually, he, when he rose from the dead, he told Mary, don't touch me. And then a few verses later... In three different occasions, actually, some in different Gospels, Jesus said, touch me. Whenever, whenever remember, uh, Judas, no, it's not Judas, excuse me, Thomas didn't believe and Jesus appeared and he said, Thomas, be not faithless, but believing and thrust your hand into my side and put your finger into the print of the nails. He's saying, touch me. Well, something happened between what he said to Mary and what he said to Thomas. Another time he appeared into their midst. And they thought he was a ghost because he walked right through the door. The door's still shut. And they're like, whoa. He said, handle me. He said, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone. He wanted them to touch him. And there's another case. I'm trying to remember the other one right now. But there's three cases where afterwards he said, touch me. Well, why did he tell Mary, don't touch me? And he told the other ones, touch me. Because he said, back there in John 6, or John 20, verse number, what was that, chapter 20, verse number 17. He said, I've not, this is the reason, I've not yet ascended to my Father. Yes. That's why you can't touch me. Right. Well, he was getting ready to fulfill, go over to the ninth chapter of the book of Hebrews. We're, doing, we're going into a deeper study this morning. He was getting ready to fulfill, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thought I had all these verses written down. Um, look at Hebrew, then uh, Hebrews 9, verse number 12. Hebrews 9, verse number 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So he, when he ascended, he entered into the holy place with his blood. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in. He took his own blood from the earth that had been shed on the earth. He took it and went into the heavenly holies of holies with it. So that the judgment seat could become a mercy seat. Now that's chapter number 9, verse 12. Look at verse number 23 of chapter 9. 23 and 24. 
It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these. The pattern of things in the heavens was the earthly tabernacle, the earthly temple. That was the pattern of the heavenly one. God told him exactly how to make it. If you don't unhook from me, you're going to get something out of this this morning. God told him exactly how to make it. And and because he was patterning it just like the one in heaven. There's a temple in heaven. God himself is seated in the temple in heaven. It's massive. But anyway, he said the pattern, it was necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, the blood of animals, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, which is the figure of the true, but into heaven itself to appear in the presence of God for us. He's there for us. Then chapter number 10, verse number 19, having therefore brethren boldness. To enter into the holiest by the blood of Christ, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us. In other words, his blood made a way for us. That's why he said to Mary, don't touch me because humans shouldn't, sinful human beings should not be touching the holy blood before he gets it on the holy of holies. But once he got it up there, he came back down and fellowshiped with the disciples, appeared to the disciples, talked to them for a while, straightened them out because they were all discouraged. And said, now I'm going to send to my father, you know, and and sit down at the right hand of the father to ever live to make intercession for you. Praise God. And he said, because he's, this is over in chapter 10 now of the the verses we just read. He said, because he's there, because the blood is there. Chapter number 10, verse number 19 says, because the blood is there. Chapter 4, Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 14 and 15 says, because he's there. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched. There's two negatives there. Let's take the negatives out. We have a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That, That word touched with the feeling of is the Greek word for compassion. All those words are taken from one Greek word, compassion. Our high priest is compassionate. Because he's there and because he's compassionate and because he ever liveth to make intercession for us and because the blood has been applied and because it's speaking of our right standing with God and our cleansing from all sin. Let us come boldly. Now, I started out talking to you and saying, I wanted you to, uh, I wanted to talk to you about using your faith to go to him. Paul didn't say it that way. He said, use your faith to come to him. That's good. That's good. In other words, Paul's basically saying, come boldly. He's speaking for God, number one, inviting us to come, but he's speaking for himself and and, and telling us where he lived. He didn't, he didn't live down here and encourage everybody, go, go boldly. No, he lived in the presence of God and said, come boldly. God, listen, God is approachable and you can come to him at any time. You're invited to do. The way has been opened. The invitation has been granted. Fellowship with him is available. Answers are available. Come boldly. He invites you to come. 
You can come at any time. And he never tells you in the New Testament, in the writings of the epistles, or the writings of the apostles, he never tells us in the New Testament when to leave. In other words, there's something greater than coming and then coming and then coming. It's called dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Paul was saying, that's where I live because he was talking for God and saying, come. But he's also talking about where he lived because he said, if you want to fellowship with me, come to the throne because I stay at the throne. (laughs) No wonder he lived the way he lived. (laughs) Praise be to God. I'm going to preach myself happy. So what do we have back here now? Okay, let's finish in chapter number four. Seeing we have such a great high priest, verse 14, that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast the profession or our profession, or we'd say confession. That's our faith. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Our high priest is compassionate and he's there. You know, if somebody's mean, you don't want to go. But if he's compassionate, having... We, we, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points like, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. In other words, he's been through what you're going through. He never sinned, but yet he knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to get tripped up. He knows what it like, it's like to want to quit and give up, be out of strength, don't know what to do, don't have any direction. He knows that, and he's there to help you in that. Look at verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help of time, in the time of need. In other words, the throne of grace is your getting place. I told you the story. I'm going to tell it again. A minister, his mother was in the ministry as well. She raised him in the ministry and her, his dad, but his mother was still alive. And people would, she would go to the store and get a nice dress or something like that. And they'd say, why, sister, where'd you get that? She always said, I got it at the getting place. Because she didn't want to tell them. She didn't want them to know whether she got it at Walmart or the most expensive store in the whole, the whole state. So she just told him, I got it at the getting place. Well, that's the way you and I need to live. People say, whoa, what happened? Look, 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 look what happened for you. Where'd you get that? I got it at the getting place. Where's that getting place? The throne of grace. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what do we have? Bold and confident access. We have a bold faith. Faith here is, is, yes, faith to receive what we need, but faith to come. Faith to come. Can I share my heart a little bit with you? I've been in ministry now for a number of decades, and, and uh, I've learned some things. People talk about bondage, people in the body of Christ dealing with certain issues and bondages and so forth. Here's one thing I've learned. There's no bondage like being bound up in your head, not getting out of your head and into your heart to come to God. This way that he has opened is not traveled with your head. This way is a heart road. You got to get down in your heart and go with your heart to God. Amen. We'll get into that. But so what do we have? Number one, we have bold and confident access with faith, through faith. Um, uh, access to God, you could say, like we read in Ephesians 
God, what he's saying is God is now approachable. Amen. When I read these verses, I just, I just, I don't have it written in this Bible, but some other places in other Bibles, I have in big letters off to the side written opportunity. I read those verses and I read what an opportunity he has given me. What a privilege he has given me. No matter what I'm going through, I can go to the throne of grace. And I can get my help. Amen. A lot of times people are endeavoring to get into certain things. And they're endeavoring to get get on the route to it. Um, When it comes to receiving what you need in this life, the route is not horizontal. The route is vertical. The quickest way there is not horizontal. You might see it right there and say, look, it's right there. It's horizontal. No, it's, it's. Go up, go to him. Now, when I say, see, he lives on the inside of you. So don't think I'm talking about, um, you know, you got to travel through space or something, but you got to go to your heart. And your heart is in another realm. Your heart is not in the realm of your mind, the realm of your flesh, the realm of your circumstances, your circum- you know, all the stuff going on, the realm of your thoughts, your emotions. That's not the realm of your heart. The realm of your heart is the realm of the spirit. You are a spirit being and your, your, your spirit has fellowship with God. And when you go to your heart and get past all the thoughts of your mind, all the feelings and so forth and so on, and you go to your heart, And then from your heart, you reach out towards God. You'll find yourself at the throne of grace. You'll find yourself at the throne of grace. And uh, this is is one of the big issues when it comes to prayer. The first thing I do in prayer is go to my heart. Most Christians spend, I'm not talking about people like, you or I maybe, but I'm talking about just the average person in the body of Christ doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. The average Christian does not. In fact, the average minister I heard recently has a average, he prays an average of two minutes a week. I know it's amazing. You and I, you and I, that's strange. That's, that's like, what, how, how, but see, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about people who are living totally in the mental realm, the, the physical realm, the emotional realm, the circumstantial realm, and don't do what I'm talking about this morning. Go to God in the realm of the heart, the realm of the spirit. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth said it this way. He said, all true prayer is done in heaven. All real prayer is done in heaven. What is he talking about? He's talking about it's done at the throne of grace. And you can't travel there with your mind. This is not a heart road. You can't get, I mean, excuse me, this is not a head road. The first thing you got to do to access God in his presence is get out of your head. I'll never forget. um, I don't remember what year it was. I'm going to guess it was like 1986 maybe. Because it was somewhere in that time after having been to Ramah for a while and starting to hear what the word actually said. You know, it's amazing you can go to church for years and never really hear what the word actually says. (laughs) 
Amen. A couple Sundays ago, there was a person here that doesn't normally attend this kind of church. They were from a denomination. And they went to lunch with their family and said, well, why doesn't our church talk about that? That's in the Bible. Why doesn't our church talk about that? I don't know. Ask them, you know. <laughs> I don't go there. I don't know. But I'll never forget after going to Ramah for, I think it was probably, this incident I'm getting ready to tell you, it's probably between first and second year of Ramah, somewhere right in there. But after going to Bible school for a while, and really, and then, and then one particular, I don't remember which class it was, a minister got on to this uh, Hebrews chapter number six, 11, six, 5 and 6 actually, by faith Enoch yes. Uh, yes. was translated. Uh, the Amplified says something like, he walked with God. Yes. And we know from the Old Testament Genesis, that's actually what he did. Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Yes. Remember that? So you could say, by faith, Enoch fellowshiped with God. Right. This is an area to develop your faith in. Yes. 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 In fact, if you'll develop your faith in this area, a lot of other things will be a whole lot easier. Yes. I don't know if you know who Patsy Caminetti is. Precious, precious minister. She uh, Now, I think she's still in Australia, but um, she was a part of the healing school when we were there. She was sort of over it when we were there, there for a while. And um, precious precious. Brother Hagen trusted her. She was just, just a, a good, good, praise God, blessing. <laughs> but anyway, the, um, a lady came to her one time. I think it was there back when she was over the healing school. I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but it doesn't matter. The lady came to her and said, I'm really going through a lot of things in, in my body and so forth and so on. Could you help me? She looked at her real sweet and said, no, no, I can't. But I know someone who can. I know someone who can. Yes. She said, on top of that, I know how to go to him. Yes. I'll take you to him if you let me. Yes. Ooh, that's a friend right there. Yes. Praise God. So no man can, there's, there's many things in our lives that man can't meet the need of it. Husbands and wives, your spouse can't meet a lot of the things you really are talking to your spouse all the time about. Amen. Put the pressure horizontal, I mean vertical. Go to God. I'm not saying it's wrong, not, it's not, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong to talk about some things, but, but putting pressure on somebody. Listen, humans are so, they come so short of meeting needs, especially emotional needs. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't minister to one another however we can, but I'm just simply, you know what I'm talking about. You got to make God your source in every area. And so, um, but Patsy said, I, I can't help you. Boy, I guess the lady's feathers fell a bit for a moment, but she said, but I know somebody who can. And she said, if you'll come with me, we'll, we'll spend some time in the presence of God. And that lady, the way, the way I heard the testimony, it wasn't long. That lady's completely healed of that thing that had dogged her for a long time. Because she found, she took advantage of this way that had been opened up. Yes. Access to God. Yes. Access to God. All right. We're, we're uh, burning. We're already running out of time. I'll say. But it's number one, bold and confident access to God. Like it says, God is now approachable. And the way to the Father and all that He has, you could say. Praise God. When you come to God, you come to all that He is and all that He has. Yes. Yes. 
um, and then another way you could say this, uh, having therefore, what do we have? We have a high priest who ever lives to make intercession for us. The fact that he's making intercession for us means he's on our side. He's not making intercession against us. He's making intercession for us. If God be for you, who can be against you? So you have a high priest who's there ever living to make intercession for you. Um, you also have in this verse later here, it says a clear conscience. You have no more offering for sin. And you also, according to this, let us come. You have a, a royal invitation, a welcome mat. A, a welcome mat is rolled out to you. An acceptance. You're accepted there. Praise God. That's what you have. Now, you've got a lot of other things. Yeah, you've got healing. You've got all, everything redemption provided. But I'm looking at it in the context of coming to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. We, we think of that as, as in salvation and certainly, absolutely. The first thing is salvation. But he didn't say that. In fact, here, he didn't say that this is a one-time thing. Are you still out there? Yes. Having is continual tense. Yes. It was not had. Right. Having. Yes. Having. Yes. Having. Continual tense. Yes. Oh, I came to him and got saved. That's exactly right. Why don't you keep coming? You still have a way. You still have, the way has been made to you to boldly. I mean, needs arise in life. Things come up. I mean, discouragements try to get a hold of you. Things try to knock you out and try to, anybody else had what I've had to deal with? <laughs> of course you have. But I'm saying you can go, listen, you can get up in the morning and be so full of dread for your day and so full of anxiety about, I got to do this and I got to talk to that person and I don't want to have to talk to them. And I'm, you know, you just... Until you get in the presence of God and you get answers for how to handle things and how to be sweet whenever you don't feel like being sweet. Before you know it, you get in the presence of God and you get all those needs met that you have. You're like, okay, let's go. I am ready for the day. Where's the devil? Where's the devil at? Pity the fool. I pity the fool. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you smiled, haven't smiled the whole service. Praise God. So you've got a way open to go. Praise the Lord. Opportunity, write the word opportunity by that verse. Why is it that we deal with so many situations and don't take advantage of this opportunity? Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. So this way is one of your possessions that you own just as much as healing. This open way. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so the blood is what consecrated it. It's a new way, not, not the old way you had to go through the blood of animals and couldn't even get into the Holy of Holies. This new way brings you all the way in. And you can come in boldly and obtain any time. Praise God. Praise God. I want you, God wants you to develop your faith to go to him in prayer. What do I mean go? I mean, come boldly to the throne of grace. The throne of grace is not in Cedar Rapids. It's not in Chicago. It's not in L.A. It's not in Miami. It's not in wherever. It's not a physical location. It's another realm. So what we're talking about is getting out of your head, out of your flesh, into your heart, 
which is another realm. Are you with me? And traveling towards God. Reaching out towards God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You've got a royal invitation to do so. Praise God. And the only thing keeping you from using it is not developing your faith for it. I don't get anything out of it. Well, how long have you been saying that? Or maybe not saying, but thinking it and therefore don't, don't ever pray. Or... I'm not accusing anybody here of not having a prayer life. But I do know that all of us can develop in faith better to take advantage of this. Glory. Praise God. And then we'll come to church having something. Have already got our answers. Do you know you can get your answer before you go to church? Praise the Lord. Now, um, so the way has been opened. Now, the word way just means here, a new and living way, the Greek word for way. It just means like we would think, a road. Um, But it also means uh, a journey. It means a highway. It means a road. It means, uh, here's an interesting uh, thing that it says. It is a means of access. In other words, if you have a road, goes, excuse me, goes down your block and goes past your house, that's a way or a means of access to your house. You don't have to climb over houses or over people's fences in your, <laughs> behind your house. You know what I'm talking about? Or go through cricks. Anybody know what a crick is? That's a creek. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to four-wheel drive. There's a way. There's a way to go to your house, right? It's a means of access. I know this is simple, but I'll tell you, it'll bless you if you just meditate on it. So he's talking about a means of access to God, like we've already said. And now, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13, a verse that we're familiar with, talks about there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful. He'll not suffer you to be tempted. He didn't say he won't tempt you. He said he won't allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. God's not tempting you to evil. He won't allow, he'll only allow Satan to go so far. That's what he's saying there. He'll not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that which you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape. In other words, when the enemy brings the temptation, that could be a test or a trial. He's going to, God, when the enemy comes with that, God's going to come with a way of escape. A way of escape. Tell your neighbor there's always a way out. Or there's always a way in. If you need to get into something, there's a way in. There's a way. There, you need to get out of something, there's a way out. There, sometimes it's repentance. That's the way out. But there's the way out. <laughs> Hallelujah. How do I find that way? You take advantage of this way. This way that's been open to the throne of grace. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to take yours home with, my, with me because I'm, I'm really loving this. So um, it's by going vertical that you make progress horizontally. Horizontal's this way, right? Vertical's this way, right? I'm not confusing anybody. So <laughs> to, to, the way out, the way in, the way whatever you need to get out of or in, into, whatever, there's a way. 
We sing that song, you made a way when there seemed to be no way. Let's think about what we're singing about. Well, how do I find that way? Well, you got to Google it, right? (laughs) Some of you went, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) Now, listen, God can lead you to Google. (laughs) But my point is, stop going mentally towards something and get into the spirit. Oh, my, my, my. I found he is much more smart than me. I never forget something one time. I just, I probably shouldn't even say what it is, but I want you to know um, how, how, how helpful it can be. And so I'm not saying this because I'm preaching this to you. I'm saying God gave it to me. This is not something that I'm trying to apply to everybody else. You hear, hear, hear the way I'm saying this, all right? But I was, a number of years ago, I was having a lot of trouble sleeping. And I was using my faith for it and, and, and believing God and so forth. And uh, one morning, I was just fellowshipping with God while I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God for answers on something. And he said, stop eating gluten. Hmm. And it changed my whole sleeping patterns. Hallelujah. That's just one little thing. It's a personal thing. I'm not applying that to you. See, you'd go home and say, okay, that's my answer. I'm going to... No, you got that out of your head. You didn't get that from God yourself. That's right. We just want to put our head down and say, bless God. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. Well, listen, go to the throne of grace. Get out of your head. Get down into here and draw near to God from your heart and worship him and take advantage of the access he's given you to his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence are answers. In his presence is direction, counsel, wisdom. I mean, he'll show you things to come. He'll show you why you keep doing what you keep doing, why you keep acting the way you keep acting. Yeah, he will. I've had all kinds of answers. I've had him share things with me that made me ball a, a, a tissue box full of tissues. You know what I'm talking about? Just minister to me in a way no human being could answer the cry of my heart. Look at me like you know what I'm talking about. There are answers, real answers for real needs for, for real people, people that are for real. They're serious about walking with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean you can't get it in a service. How many of you know God will take what we teach and you go practice it and take advantage of it and get your answer from God. We're not preaching against going to church. We're just simply saying that because we need to learn from the word of God, don't we? Praise the Lord. So he prepares this way. He opened it through the shedding of his blood uh, into the heavenly holy of holies. Now, this is a royal invitation. Take advantage of it. It's more than just salvation. It's present tense, having. You always have this. Praise the Lord. So the way out or the way in, like we said, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the way of escape, it's not found by going horizontal. It's found by going vertical. In his presence, you get a different viewpoint. Go over to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. This helped me the years ago. The Lord showed me this. I'm like, oh, I see something I never had saw, I never had seen, and it just... It just, it explains so many things that I experienced in prayer, but I didn't know how to explain it to somebody else. Yeah. Psalm 73, talking about, I, I won't read this whole chapter, 
But if you read down through here, you see him complaining. You know, he said, let's start in verse number. uh, There's one verse I wanted to start in. Where's that at? Uh, mm -mm. Why am I not seeing it here? He said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, it's right in there somewhere. Verse 12, the ungodly prospering in the world, they increase in riches. Um, um, he talks about, he, he's complaining. He, he set his mouth against heaven. Uh, the, the, he said in verse number three, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. There it is. They have no bands in their death. In other words, he's saying, if you read this whole thing, he's basically saying, look at verse number 13. I've cleansed my heart in vain. I've watched my hands in innocency. It is not doing me any good. I'm plagued. Verse number 14, chastened. In other words, I got, I got sicknesses and attacks and all kinds of stuff. And look at these fat sinners out here. That's basically what he said. I mean, they're fat and flourishing and just having a good old time. And on Sunday morning, they go to baseball practice. You can tell they're not walking with God. Everything's going well for them. Hadn't paid for me at all to serve God. I'm just telling you. I'm just, it's so hard to serve God. I mean, I, what, what good has it done me to go to church? <laughs> and when look at verse number, um, look at number 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. It's just too hard to look at it. Then verse number 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely you set them on a slippery place. They came, uh, that cast us them down into destruction. And they'll be consumed and, and desolate in verse number 19. As a dream, when one wakeneth, so, O Lord, when thou wakest, thou shalt despise their image. And so let's go on down. Verse number, nevertheless, look at verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou hast guided me with thy counsel. Afterwards received me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? My flesh and my heart faileth. God is the strength of my heart. In other words, whenever my physical body starts giving out, he's my strength and my portion forever. Lo, for lo, they, have, uh, they that are far from thee shall perish uh, thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring after, uh, from thee. For it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, and I may, that I may declare all his works. In other words, let's look at verse number 13 and verse number 28 together. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. In other words, he's saying, it hasn't done me any good to live right. But in verse 28, boy, it's been good for me to draw near to God. (laughs) He went from, hadn't done me any good to serve God, to uh, like, whoa, man, sure, sure thankful that I'm walking with God. It's done me a lot of good. What changed? What changed? I'll tell you what changed. Verse number 17 changed everything. He got into the presence of God. The sanctuary is where the presence of God was. Are you still out out there? Hallelujah. In his, listen to this, when you enter into the spirit, this is one of the greatest characteristics of what happens to you when you enter into the spirit. Your perspective changes. 
Your whole perspective changes. Like if it's a, if it's a situation in a relationship. You know, they're just not, they're just not walking in love and they're just not, and they're just, and they're, and it's them. And I, you know, and, and you're, you're wrestling against flesh and blood until you get in the presence of God. Then your whole perspective changes. You see them with the, through the eyes of the compassion of God towards them. You might see them. God might show you and say, well, remember how they were raised. They have to learn to break that habit because they were raised controlling or they were raised this or they were raised that. And all of a sudden, now you're being compassionate toward them. And you're thinking, well, I'm certainly not. And, and the Lord will help you see. Help you see. Well, I'm certainly not helping them. I'm nagging them all the time. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. All the men said, amen, pastor. Amen, pastor. Let's try that again. Amen, pastor. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've gone to prayer for, for about people sometime. Lord, you know. And the Lord, and then I started praying for him, really praying for him, rather than complaining. See, it wasn't a prayer session until I started really praying for him. Before that, it was a complaining session. I put, pray, I put the label prayer on it, but it wasn't prayer. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I started praying for him. I remember this one situation. I told you about the lady in healing school. She came in real, na- real naggy one morning, real... Real touchy, real irritated. I mean, you just say, hi, how are you doing? You know, she wasn't the same. And then, would you mind getting that for you? You know, just, and you're like, woo, okay. You know, your flesh gets irritated. Must be somebody behind you, brother. No, just. And that, that happened to me that morning, and I was like, I've got to preach this morning, and I, this, this lady's pulling me into the flesh. I mean, everything that she says is, you know, it's like, right. so I'm like, well, I've got to preach, so I better just kind of stay away. I went back into the, but there's a closet where they stored the books that they had on the tables out there, the excess books, and so I went back there, and I started praying. I said, Lord, I've got to preach, so I better just get in your presence here. And I just started reaching out in prayer, praying for her briefly. And the anointing came on me, and I had a gift of the Spirit. And the Lord revealed to me that last night, I didn't know this in the natural, but last night, her and her fiancé broke up. And she's hurting. Well, I went from to weeping. She's hurting. Perspective changed. God in the Spirit. Hallelujah. This will solve every relationship problem that, that anybody has. Hallelujah. I don't know why it's so quiet in here this morning. Notice verse number 20 here, as a dream when one wakeneth. That clearly describes the phenomenon that occurs when you wake up and realize the deception you've been in because you have been dominated by the natural mind or fleshly thinking toward a situation or toward a person and you see things now from God's new perspective by the reality of the Spirit. It's like you wake up and you go, what was I thinking? Amen. Praise the Lord. Satan contacts and deceives man through the flesh. He's the God of this world. 
But you and I are not bound to this world, to our feelings, and to our flesh, and to our minds, and our own thinking. Amen. Amen. Remember whenever God, remember whenever Elisha was, they, they came after Elisha because he kept telling the king, that the enemy king's secrets that he told in his bedchamber, his battle plans that he was coming against Israel with. And the prophet Elisha kept hearing the secrets. And, and he'd go to his king and say, now here's where they're going to come because they're making military plans secretly. I mean, the Lord showed me where it is, where they're coming at. Remember, they, Israel was always ready and they would defeat them. Yeah. And the enemy king said, somebody's a traitor. And they said, no, there's a, there's a prophet over there. He's hearing what you're saying in your bedchamber. So the whole army came after one man. <laughs> the servant of Elijah, was it Elisha or Elijah? I think it was Elisha. He woke up one morning, went out to stretch and let the dog out. Uh, whoa, whoa, we're surrounded. Whoa, 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 Elijah. <laughs> and, and he's like, we're doomed. Elijah comes out. Was it Elijah? Elisha. Elisha came out and he said, Lord, open his eyes. He said, there's more with us than be with him. The servant of Elijah is like, one, two, the dog is a half, two and a half. And I've got, you know, that's about a hundred right there, another hundred, another. <laughs> open his eyes. Open his eyes. And when his eyes were opened, the, the mountains were surrounded with chariots of fire and angels. Woo, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. He looked at that, the servant looked at that, and he went, okay, here we go, all right, ha, 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 look at this, oh, yeah, going to be a good day right now, I'm telling you what. That's right, amen. His whole perspective changed. I said his whole perspective changed. Glory, 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 glory. This is the answer for a thousand problems, get in the spirit. Take advantage of that presence of God, coming into the presence of God. Get into the Spirit, and He'll talk to you about His Word. He'll remind you of what He said, and you'll go in there like a whipped dog, and you'll come out like pity the fool, you know. Just, come on, where's he at? Where's the devil at? Glory. Somebody said, what changed? Did God change? Nothing changed except you and your perspective. Listen, those angels were there that whole time, that servant before he could see them, they were there the whole time. God didn't change. The angels didn't change. What changed was what he could see, what he saw. Mm. Oh, I could go into a whole other area with that. Praise the Lord. Listen, Satan contacts man and deceives him through the natural realm because he's the God of this world. Through your feelings, through your own thinking, through the flesh. Amen. Praise be to God. You glad you came this morning? Remember Isaiah 40, verse number 31? And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. Mount up. Say up. See, now you're up above your own natural thinking. You're up above your own feelings. You're up above what you see in the flesh. You're, this, it's a reference. It's an Old Testament reference to getting into the spirit. 
They that wait upon the Lord, they minister to him, talking about worshiping him, praising him, spending time in his presence, fellowship with him. They that wait upon the Lord, they'll renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. In other words, what will happen was, what will happen is God will raise them above their current perspective. Hallelujah. You don't have an earthly perspective anymore. Hallelujah. You've heard me talking about using topo maps to find ambush points for deer hunting. Really sorry you don't know anything about that, but it's, it's deer hunting. There, there's certain travel habits that deer have. And you look for pinch points and funnels and ridges and things that funnel them down to an area where you can get close to them. And they're not just scattered all over the woods. They take certain paths. And, and so... But you can, rather than, if you're on a new piece of property, all the deer hunters said, I'm glad I came to, I came to church this morning. <laughs> if you're looking for a new piece of property, you don't have to walk the whole 200 acres to look for a place to put your deer stand. You just get a topo map out. And you look at the ridges and where they come together and how they might funnel out into a field at a certain uh, outside corner or inside corner. I know you don't know anything about what I'm talking about, but, but believe me, it's very, very, you know, interesting. It's fun stuff. And you, and listen, if you learn a little bit about it, you can pretty much walk in the day you're going to hunt and say, I know there'll be a trail right out into that inside corner. All those ridges feed down. I know where their bedding is. I see where the ridges are. And, and I can see there's going to be a trail right there. I'll just walk in that morning, put up my stand. And there I am right. There's the main trail. You've never been there before, but you have been there before. You saw it from the topo map. I don't know if you know what a topo map is. It's a map that shows the elevations and, and the, sometimes it'll show the vegetation, whether it's a woods, whether it's a field, you know, things like that. Amen. So you can find ambush points without even being there. Amen. I know you get your meat at the grocery store where no animals were harmed, but my... <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me like you're shooting Bambi. No, no, no. I'm shooting Bambi's daddy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you listen, that's what the Lord will do. He'll raise you above all the trees and all the stuff that you can't see through to know where are they at, where are they going, or where's the devil at, where's he going. He'll raise you above it all and give you a new perspective. Now what used to trip you up, the devil comes to trip you up and you go, boo, ha, 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 ha. You didn't know I was going to be here, ha, ha, in the name of Jesus. Boom. The word, amen, the word. Whoops, Boom. It is written. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You need some trophies on your wall. Amen. People walk into your house and they see the devil's head up there. You go, what's that? Oh, he used to trip me up over here in this area. But the Lord showed me the ambush point. It was this verse right here. 
It was Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into. I learned to do that. And I'm telling you what, the devil came on. Boom, there he is. See, there's his head right there on the wall. Woo, glory, glory, glory. Stand to your feet with me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, your daddy doesn't deer hunt? We just had, we just had his day yet last Sunday. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, man up, be a man. Come on. (laughs) Shields is going to be busy this afternoon selling bows, man, selling guns. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just messing with you. Glory. Hallelujah. The way is open. I'm encouraging you to learn to find, find his presence. Find his presence. Praise God. Father, we lift our hands in gratitude for the, the work that Jesus' blood did for us. Thank you, Jesus. You've, you've just put opportunity before us that, oh, my, 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 it surpasses everything we could have dreamed to be able to access the very presence of the Creator, the all-knowing one, all-sufficient one, uh, all-powerful one, everything we need, Lord God, open the eyes of our understanding. Develop in us uh, an appetite for this. Father, I've endeavored to share out of my heart this morning, and uh, I've believed you in the name of Jesus to whet people's appetites. Even though many of us are walking in this, maybe to a degree, Father God, there's so much more available. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord said to me, this just comes to me. I I haven't thought about this for probably a couple of years. Um, This was a couple of, this was probably five years ago. It was real bold. I don't have the wording in front of me. It's somewhere there on my iPad. But he said something to me. There's a new level now. Something to the effect, there's a new level now of revelation knowledge going to be coming to the body of Christ. He said, it'll be as if they go to the very government's own intelligence briefings. Where can that happen? At the throne of grace. You get inside information before, and you know what they're planning and what they're doing. And you're already set up to avert it. Hallelujah. Or if the Lord has, you know, has you, he wants you to change something. Amen. I, <clears throat> talking to Brother Randy Greer, and he said, uh, he got over into the spirit. This is, this is a while back, not, not recently, but he got over in the spirit, and the Lord took him to the, uh, what do you call it, the Supreme Court. And the anointing came on, and he spoke to one of the Supreme Court justices, and within, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks, he was removed from office or resigned or something like that. (laughs) What's available at this place? Whoa. Walking in authority like nobody's ever seen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The body of Christ is more powerful than all the governments of the world combined. More powerful than armies, laws, wicked men. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Let's go to this place. What do you say? Let's take advantage of... Now, our seat is much higher than their seat. Wicked men get in these seats. We get into our seat and from that higher place, exercise authority. Glory. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I've been there a time or two and it just makes you want to, you want to live there. Just walking in that, it's really a special faith where you can get over there and you can be able to pronounce something. Good or bad. Start things or stop things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glad I came to church this morning. Amen. I encourage you to learn this place. Learn this. I, I was, uh, I, I began to tell you about my first, between first and second year of Rhema. Remember that? I never finished that story. I don't know how I got off of that. Um, but uh, I'll never forget, they had been teaching on uh, Enoch walking with God. Remember that? And how through faith he walked with God, the Amplified says, and he was not. And I, I just, I had heard enough of the word to where it, I got an appetite to walk with God. Not just call myself a Christian, but know him, fellowship with him, spend time with him. And I, I never forget, I was working a job. We, I cleaned air conditioning vents up there for a while. And I was working a job. I had to climb up the ladder. You know, those ladders you drop down in the garage. I had to go up there and get to, get to the furnace, open up the furnace. You know what I'm talking about. And, get, and, and put this big sucking machine on there and suck all the dirt out of it. And I'll never forget, I'm up there and I, I needed another tool or something. I said to the guy that was helping me, I said, could you go down and get me a, whatever tool I needed? And I'm sitting there on the edge of that rafter, thinking about, while well, he's down there getting that tool, thinking about what they had been teaching about walking with God. And I just, I just got enough faith to say, I'm going to start that right now. And I said, Lord, I said, I've never really talked to you much, except, you know, begging stuff. <laughs> But I said, um, I love you. And he said back in my heart, he said, I love you too, son. Whoa. 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 It shook me up. That was the day I started walking with God. Fellowshipping with him. Hallelujah. Answers come. The devil, the devil's so behind me. <laughs> I'm so far ahead of him, not because of me, because of what walking with God can do. Praise God. Lift your hands and worship God for it. Say it out of your heart. If you've not done this much, say it out of your heart. In fact, all of us say it. Say it out of your heart. Father, help me to find this place. I heard about it this morning. I heard about the way that it's open for me to come. Help me to get on this this way that's been opened. I don't want to just know about it. I want to actually experience it. Actually practice it. Hallelujah. I believe you'll help me. I believe if I reach up towards you to learn to do this, you'll honor my reach of faith. Just like you did Enoch. And he walked with you. Father, I want to walk with you. I want to know you and get these answers that I hear about this morning. I thank you that you hear me. I believe you hear me. I believe you're honoring my request and you're helping me. I, re I receive it now and I'll use my faith to walk into this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
when you do this, you won't run around like a chicken with a head cut off looking for your answers from other people. Amen. Other people are a blessing. Don't misunderstand me. But they might not have the mind of God for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I'm just, I'm about half there now. That's why I can't, don't even want to leave. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank him, thank him again. Raise your hands and thank him again. I'm so grateful, Father. So grateful for your presence. Thank you for your answers. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mishtakayiti. Anamagichi. Ikaramasi. Sikidikichi. Prakatikiyi. Senda Grugoshte, Branskati Vide Picha, Ekatokorola Masakai Kite, Eshika, Rambraski, Te Praske Chikite, Kentambro Gochite, Yingeto, Romake Chikite, enter on into it. You've started. Keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Namasakie, help, help, help on the way. Help on the journey. Help on the journey. Help, oh, Masie, there comes. Shukupa Sakaye, Yembro Gachete. Thank you for it, Father. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, find somebody as you go and um, just tell them, I'm going to do more of what he was talking about this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord.